So this is another episode of Comic Book Cabinet. I'm Wes. And I'm Adam. And this season today no today is not a real season uh, it's like a it's mid-season a, let's call it episode 1.5 i'm good with that uh so season 1.5 sure uh, i'm really excited about what we have coming up in season two me too. but we will definitely talk about that here in a little while so what are we doing today well today we're just gonna hang out we're gonna talk a little bit about uh something called amalgamation I, I, i'm sure a lot of the listeners have heard about it it's a little different uh, but i kind of want to recap season one first what well you you say amalgamation, but everybody knows DC versus Marvel. I don't know that everyone knows DC versus Marvel uh, either. I don't. I, before we did this, I never read comics. Yeah, I knew about DC versus really? Marvel. Really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I had at least heard the term. Yeah, it was a thing that existed. It was yeah. out there. Well, I mean, really, it's like you get a bunch of nerds together, and they're inevitably they're going to talk about their favorite superheroes versus their favorite superheroes oh, yeah. and i can only imagine that like being the guy behind the comic that can make it happen has to just be glorious right it's so much power yeah it feels like it would be a lot of power Coursing like you through your veins you can determine the fate of everyone's favorite superheroes so yeah, and you can kill off superman anytime you want and just bring them back just because it's superman yeah yeah so yeah you mentioned season one so let's talk about that for a second uh, we covered a lot of DC and Marvel characters, which is why the Amalgamation universe is so good for us to cover for our in-between seasons. Yeah, for sure. I mean, episode. we covered a lot of Marvel and DC. We didn't really do any Image or Dark Horse, nothing like that. Yeah, but we will. Don't we, worry. To, yeah. If you love those comics, I do too. Yeah. I've read a couple at this point, or at least have seen the covers in the comic book shop, and I'm excited about covering some new characters. So, Adam... What was your favorite episode from season one? Oh, favorite episode. That's hard. I mean, it's different for me than I imagine it is for you because I had read a lot of these characters already. Every uh, single one of them was new for me. Right. And so to me, I mean, I, I had been reading Iron Man and Spider-Man and Green Lantern. Uh, obviously not Superman. I think you guys know I don't like him. Uh, but <laughs> I had read a lot of those characters and I've been reading them since I was a kid. So the one that I liked the most probably was Moon Knight. Uh, I didn't really, really know a lot about him. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Cause yeah. I really loved reading Moon Knight as well. I did too. And in uh, fact, since then I've picked up the ongoing series and it was canceled like right? in Moon Knight fashion. <laughs> Classic uh, Moon Knight. But apparently they're going to do a Moon Knight TV show soon. So on Disney plus, I think it's Disney plus. Oh. Yeah. They've talked about, I think it's uh do you remember Bendis's run that we read? Yeah. Uh, I really like that run and they've talked about doing a TV show. So I'm really excited about that. That was my favorite for sure. I got to tell you, I've been avoiding Disney plus up until this moment, yeah. even with all the great things I've heard about the Mandalorian. If they do a moon night, I'm in. You're in. That's <laughs> oh, like, yeah. that's it for you. Oh yeah. I, I've got to watch that. moon night. That would be interesting. Uh, yeah. who, who would you cast as moon night live? Any oh. ideas? Oh, I know exactly who I would cast. No doubt about it. <laughs> okay. Uh, I can't remember the actor's name, but he's the lead actor from White Collar. I don't know who that is. It is Matt Bomer. He oh, played okay, yeah. Neil Caffrey. Yeah. Beautiful man. Yeah, no, he, he would be play great. rich con artist like nobody else. It would be perfect. Okay, Disney, make this happen, please. Yeah, I would totally agree. I, I could say I'm looking at a picture now. Perfect. Yeah, I, I get you. Especially after seeing his uh, acting and the character that he played in uh, White Collar. Yeah. It is Moon Knight. Yeah. All you have to do is add the superhero aspect to it. And I think they've already brought him in for a superhero somewhere in one of the universes. Huh. Can't remember which one. Okay. But I'm pretty sure he's already there. 
Well, new characters for you then entirely. So who was your favorite? Anything in particular? You well, can't say Moon Knight because I did. You've but. already stolen Moon Knight from <laughs> me, so I'll have to go with Iron Man. Okay, yeah. Uh, although, although I will say Animal Man was a close second. Oh, dude, I have such a special heart. I have such a special place in my heart for Animal Man. I just, I can't even, you you say the name and I'm like, my blush. Yeah, I, love I, I can understand. But I just love Iron Man so much. He's okay. just been around, he has been in my world since I was very, very tiny. Yeah. And uh, we read a lot of Iron Man. We did. Oh my God, did we read a lot of Iron Man? <laughs> it was like 120 issues of Iron Man. Yeah. And we scratched scratched the surface yeah in fact we actually had someone recently reach out and be like hey you guys didn't read this one part of iron man that was really good man. uh and i, I mean it, it's so hard when you do something like this you sit down and you look at I mean shoot superman we did we covered 90 years yeah of superman how really do you close. how do you sit down and go okay these are the ones we're gonna read you know the fact that we pulled it off or at least and, i feel like we pulled it yeah. off and uh some of the storylines you just have to say it's great it's up there with all of these but we've got to cut something so to the cutting room floor it goes. All right, so here we go. Let's get into the Amalgam universe. Adam, would you like to tell us who the creative team is? Absolutely, yeah. So this was written by Ron Mars uh, with a special thanks to Peter David, uh, penciled by Dan Jurgens and Claudio Castellini, inked by Joseph Rubenstein and Paul Neary, lettering by Bill Oakley, and the coloring was done by Gregory Wright. Uh, now, that's just a creative team for what I believe is the first issue. Although Ron Mars did write the series, from what I can tell, they had like all kinds of collaboration between all different artists, colorers, you name yep. it. I mean, there were yep, so many yep, people yep. in this series. It, that doesn't even begin to, to scratch the surface of the amount of people that worked on this. And you've got the creative teams from both DC and Marvel uh, just giving their all for this entire series. Yeah, I mean, it was, a, it was a huge collaboration, I can only imagine. So right here is where we would normally do some sort of an origin story or background or the original team for these uh, for these characters. But seriously, since it's really we're just covering the four issues of DC versus Marvel, which is what leads into the Amalgam universe. So we're um, going to explore what universe was created by Marvel and DC. Really, they'd had four main issues in a miniseries that was DC versus Marvel or Marvel versus DC. It depends because they wanted their names first, obviously, so they had to kind of come up with some collaboration. So you choose rules. a choose an even number first. Yeah. And then half of them say Marvel versus DC. Right. And the other half says DC versus Marvel. Right. Can you imagine and you don't do like one, two, and then three and four? No, no, no. That's not fair because then the there's the first two and then the last two everybody's gonna remember has right. So you do the first one is one, the second and the third one is one, and then the fourth one. So you got them all split up. Yeah. It's brilliant. I mean, it's a great way to uh, come to a solution. Sure. Can you imagine having been on the legal team that set all this up? No. Because I, I would think that they no. would have had a hard time like, you, well, you can use this character, but you can't use this one. Don't and, touch that guy. And you know <laughs> the contract and stipulations were a mile high. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I can't imagine oh. something like this happening today, only because it wouldn't be worth yeah. the time, I can't think. Uh. And they seem like they compete so much now. I won't, I won't, I won't ruin the end of the episode for you. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Uh, so let's talk about issue. Well, actually, before we go into this, you had some uh, comments you wanted to make about the history of this yeah, universe. It's really cool because even though there's just four issues in the miniseries, they did do 24 issues that kind of encompass the amalgam universe so there's 12 of them that take place between issues three and four of the miniseries and then a year after the miniseries was done they did 12 more and it follows the characters that came out of 
the two universes combining. So it's kind of neat. And, and it wasn't just a matter of like, oh, we're going to combine Green Lantern and Iron Man and have the Iron Lantern <laughs> as much as we're going to go all the way back to the Golden Age heroes and work our way back up and make events that would have happened in each universe, but combined them. So like in Marvel, you've got Secret Wars and in DC, you had uh, Infinite Crisis. They combine the two and they've got the Secret Crisis of the Infinity Hour. Uh, and, you know, we had read both of those. So right. it's just it's kind of funny that they took all of these major events that happened in both worlds and merged them together and made that a fact. In, in this universe, those are things that happened. Uh, now, obviously, you can't go out and buy the miniseries Secret Crisis of the Infinity Hour, but it's something that exists in this universe. So I got to say, I might read that. I don't know. I can't even imagine. Like, it seems so yeah. insane. So uh, it, issue one. Issue one. Uh, it starts right off. Uh, basically, they introduced Marvel going into the DC world in this issue. So we, we start off with Spider-Man back in New York City, ready to fight some crime. And he stumbles across the Joker, which totally unexpected, right? I mean, you would never see the Joker in New York City. He's supposed to be in Gotham. And they have some interactions. And it, we get this basically several pages of Marvel characters popping into the DC world. Uh, in fact, we transition into a scene with the X-Men. They're fighting the juggernaut and he's just going to town and he's going crazy. And then he pops in and he's in another city and it's Metropolis. And so we, we have that happen several times throughout this issue where we've got Marvel characters just popping into the DC world. And that's kind of the setup. You know, we got to get those characters into the right place. And that's actually the title of this uh, first issue is DC versus Marvel, which is Marvel going into the DC universe. The cool thing is, is that obviously these issues are leading up to a big showdown between DC versus Marvel or Marvel versus DC. And, you know, you would think that with a bunch of guys probably writing this series that have sat in a room and said, well, I think that so-and-so could beat so-and-so in yeah. this way, that they would have come up with some kind of a really neat way to do it based off of metrics. Oh, man, maybe, uh, well, nowadays Marvel has the power ratings on their website, They correct? used to, yeah. yeah. And I think they still do have man, some level of power it's ratings. It's too bad they couldn't have used, like, GURPS or something and roll oh, some dice man, to that see would be who, so who would cool. win which fight. So they didn't do that. What did they actually do instead? They just had people mail in who they would win. Like at the end of the first issue, they have this little form and it's got like Batman versus Captain America with a checkbox next to it. And you click on that checkbox and it's kind of interesting. You would either email it in. This is probably one of the first times that uh, like a comic book company set up an email address and had, you know, readers email. Well, it. now it's a good time to actually mention when this episode was released, which was 1996. Well, the episode is going to be released in 2020, but these comics oh. were released in 1996. The issues were released in <laughs> 1996. See, you're keeping me straight. We're working. Yeah, we're a team. We're a team. We? Yeah, it's great. So in 96, imagine reading a comic and then at the end of it, they tell you like, hey, you can mail these in to uh, the Battles 96 P.O. Box 2233 Libertyville, Illinois 60092, or you can email them in. And I mean, that's what some people did, I guess. I remember in 1996, I had an account with a company called Juno. It was literally, you dialed in using your landline from your computer using a modem, you uploaded the emails you wrote and you downloaded the emails that you would have received. <laughs> wow. You were then offline. You would respond to the, all of the emails you would read and respond. And then you would call the number back and you could hear your modem dial up with all those squeaks and squonks and do the same thing over and over again. Things have gotten so much better. Oh, have they ever? Now, <laughs> now I can email you from a phone. Well, not only can you email someone from a phone, but you can create an email in like 
0.3 seconds in, G- in Google. I mean, the other day I yeah. I was playing a game and they were like, hey, if you share this link out and your friends sign up, then you can get in-game bonuses. So I went and created like 100 Gmail accounts, signed up and got a bunch of bonuses. Like, <laughs> you know, and, and back in the day, you would have had to pay to do something like that. Well, it's, not necessarily pay, but then you have to go through and email and go yeah. through all the accounts. And believe me, this dialing in with a landline was not a fast occurrence. Well, I mean, it was literally 30 seconds. Yeah. And you're, you're talking about this. They had set up an, a mailbox for each individual character. So like if you thought Batman was going to beat Captain America, you emailed DVM Batman at AOL.com. If you thought Captain America was going to win, then you did MVD Captain at AOL.com. And so, all of them are at AOL. Yeah. Ugh. Isn't that crazy? A moment of silence for AOL. That was enough. That was good. Yeah. There are people that still pay for that monthly, I'm sure. So, there are. Yeah. I've, I've heard stories. And they're like 80 plus. Oh, it's uh, but I will tell you, I emailed some of these. Uh, they did not bounce back, so they still exist, but I never got any replies. Gotcha. I was really hoping, man. How cool of an Easter egg would that have been? That would have been really fun if yeah. somebody had emailed you back like, well, you're a little late to the party. Yeah, you're like 30 years too late, pal. <laughs> your vote for Batman beating uh, whoever it was he was fighting. Who's a Batman fight? Captain, Captain America. America. Yeah. Uh, your vote has been cast. Right. So just to give you guys what the lineup looked like, it was Batman versus Captain America, Hulk versus Superman, Superboy versus Spider-Man, Wolverine versus Lobo, who I don't think you know who Lobo is, do you? Uh, just from you. Okay. Lobo's cool. I like Lobo. He's kind of a more reoccurring character now, but there was a long stand of time when he wasn't. Uh, and then you had Wonder Woman versus Storm. So we're on, and actually the form actually says that the results will be posted in Marvel versus DC number three correct so we transition into issue number two where really they just did more story building uh this issue actually introduced a brand new character though uh, by the name of axel asher his hero name is access or the access you don't find out who the access is until like the third issue i think is really when they develop that storyline but he gets introduced here and, and just as a fun fact this is still the only character that dc and marvel both own so it's pretty neat. Uh, they created it specifically for this event. And he is actually working along with an unnamed character at this point in the series. It's like kind of this homeless guy. Yeah, that's it's an old guy who's outside of some glowing yeah. box. And he, it's like a cardboard box. And yeah. it's about to explode. And he's trying to keep it duct taped. It's really kind of weird. Like they, you have no idea where this is going for a long time, it feels like. I just love the duct tape comment. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it was strange. This issue is really where they take all of the DC characters and they're going more into the Marvel world. So you see Thanos show up and he's going to fight Darkseid on Darkseid's planet. Uh, yeah, I know, I know. Uh, but you know what? Thor is going to fight Shazam in this, so that's pretty cool. Like, we we end up seeing Shazam fighting Thor, which is neat. The gods of lightning. Yeah. The reason Adam sounds like that is because I'm rolling my eyes so hard right now. It's yeah. a little distracting. Well, I mean, this was a big yeah. cheese fest, right? It was, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, but how much fun would it have been to have been reading this as it came out? Like, Imagine being the kids at the lunch table, you know, sitting there being like, guys, who our favorites are going to fight. We got to figure out who's going to win. And like, no, you can't email that in because he would totally lose. Like, I can just only imagine how much fun this was in 96. Uh, yeah, definitely. As a seven-year-old, this would have been a blast. <laughs> Unfortunately, I was 15 at that point. So, meh. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> I would have been too cool for school. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, issue two is when they really introduced this overarching story. Uh, it's really the exposition of the comics where they call them the brothers. Right. It's obvious analogs for DC and Marvel. Absolutely. And these brothers are cosmic universe beings. Like entities and of the cosmic universe. Like for a little while, they were happy because they just ignored each other. But yeah. now they've seen each other. Yeah, now that's they the, got to fight. The exact phrase is like, well, now they've seen each other. Yeah. Oh, shit. Uh, and but the really cool thing about this is that the two big cosmic entities of both universes, which is the Living Tribunal for Marvel and the Spectre for DC, are aware of what's going on, and, and they're like really powerful, and they're pulled into the universe as well. But they can't do anything, even as powerful as they are. They can't just stop this happening, which right. they're neither one of them are used to in their own respective universes. Absolutely. I mean, at this point in time in comic book history, those two characters are easily in the top three most powerful powerful characters in each individual respective universe. So they're watching these two brothers who are about to just exchange blows. And this is when the homeless guy is kind of explaining some stuff to Axel and talking about how the brothers exist. They've always been there. Uh, they used to fight and they basically fought in like recreated time. It was kind of strange, uh, but that was when DC and Marvel came about and these two universes exist now. Uh, and that is really all that happens in issue two. Issue three is where all of the fun stuff happens because we see the big fights happening. Uh, we do see a little bit at the end of issue two, but most of them are going to happen yeah. in issue three. Yeah, and as far as uh, the actual reading capacity for this issue would take you about one minute. Maybe. I mean, because it's literally all fighting. It's pretty much just like your favorite superheroes yeah. insulting each other Duking while fighting. Up. And they were using the results of their mail-in uh, mail submission form to determine who wins what. Right. Which, you know, I don't know off the top of my head how many times a comic book company has like let their fans decide something like this. I know they did it with Robin uh, whenever they did the Death in the Family series, which we're going to cover in another season. Uh, but that was uh, interesting. I, I think it's neat to have fan interaction like that. So after all of the fighting is finished up, that really brings us into issue number four. Four. What happens there? Well, issue number four is interesting because this is when, I guess it was really like at the end of issue number three, this homeless guy that has been kind of explaining what's happening to Axel. Morty. Let's give him a name. His name is Morty. Yeah. He, yeah. he, t he says that at the end of issue four, I think. Like he okay. pops out of existence. He's like, oh, by the way, my name is Morty. <laughs> I mean, totally right. random, right? Yeah. Uh, but I think he had been referring to himself as the Guardian. Yeah, so he's, that's right. he's saying that whenever the brothers had fought Recreated Time, shards of themselves got placed into individuals. And at first, you're kind of thinking like, oh, that makes sense. Superheroes are the shards of the brothers. But that's not the case. Axel is actually one of the shards. And the, this homeless man named Morty is one of the shards as well. And they kind of have this power to, I guess, access the universes. So Axel is turned into Access, and he has this new nifty superhero outfit. At the end of issue three, everything has been slammed together. The brothers decide at the last minute, like, okay. Well, wasn't it actually uh, the Living Tribunal and uh, the Spectre had figured out a way to combine things? Yeah, yeah. So in order to save both universes at once. Exactly. So Morty and Axel thought that the, the brothers had just combined each other. But then in issue four, it comes to light that really it was the Living Tribunal and the Spectre, and they were holding things together. And there's a really cool panel of the two of them like holding arms and being ripped apart by the brothers. It was really, really beautiful artwork uh, in really all of these issues, I think, is some amazing artwork. Very 90s, but it was good. Yeah, I, I live for the 90s artwork, though. It's okay. just, it's you know, it's a unique period of time. Everybody has their flaws. I know, I know. 
but this is when it is revealed that it was actually the two of them keeping them at bay. And so whenever they are combined like this, all of these characters get merged together. And this is when the Amalgam universe is really created in between issues three and four. That's when those 12 issues happen and access or Axel is like trying to figure out what's going on. And you know, I I don't really want to cover all 12 of those issues. Like you guys just need to go out and read them if you're interested because they're, they're fun. Like some really neat characters were introduced, uh, you know, just to name a few, you've got dark claw who is Batman and Wolverine. I mean, who doesn't want to see that mix up? And then you've got hyena who is his villain, which is basically Sabretooth and the Joker. I mean, that's pretty cool, right? And Wes is just over there nodding his head like, yeah, sure, I guess. He'll get through this eventually, guys. Yeah, and, and Dr. Doomsday? I mean, come on, Dr. Doom is one of your favorite characters, right? I mean, he's all right. And mix that with Doomsday. He killed Superman. Yeah. It's like the classic Wheel of Fortune before and after Dr. Doomsday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, one of the really cool ones is Dr. Strange Fate, who is Dr. Strange, Dr. Fate, and Charles Xavier. I mean, like three brilliant minds combined. How cool is that? Scary is what that is. Yeah, uh, and Spider-Boy, you know, you've got Spider-Man mixed with Superboy. Whoever saw that coming? <laughs> okay. And of course, my favorite, Iron Lantern, you know, Hal Stark. Uh, it's yeah. Hal Jordan and oh, Iron Man. Funny. It's just ridiculous, and it's totally cheesy. But You can just picture the writers in a room coming up with these stupid combinations. Yeah. And finally, like 12 of them, them stick. Yeah. They had to have had 115 different combinations they went through. Oh, there's so many more. Like, yeah. I've just covered a couple. You know, there yeah. are there's a whole universe out there that exists full of these characters. In fact, Marvel actually ended up naming the universe Earth 9602. Uh, DC hasn't added it into their, like, multiverse that we're aware of, right. but Marvel has officially acknowledged it. They've got multiple Earths. Uh, I think the... The main Earth series is Earth 616, if I remember correctly. But this one is Earth 9602. So it's a thing. It exists. So technically speaking, it could come back if they decide. Yeah, maybe. Uh, Yeah. Well, anyways, at the end of issue four, well, really, I guess the beginning of issue four, the universes get ripped apart. And there's this really great moment where you've got Captain America and Batman, and they're trying to keep the two brothers from fighting and they realize there's nothing they can do. I mean, yeah, cause they're, they're actually in this like multiverse area where the brothers exist and they're right. watching it happen with the specter and the tribunal. Right. And there's a moment in the fight between Captain America and Batman that I love. I think it's Captain America that says like, we've been fighting for five hours now. We could do this all day. And it reminds me of the most recent movie, <laughs> you know, it's, it's great. Uh, and I don't know. It, it's just one of those things where like they're in the, this weird cosmic reality watching these two cosmic entities fight. And I think it even says like, they're screaming at the brothers to not fight. I yeah. mean, like, okay. It's like, so and these, uh, these brothers are like 90 stories tall and you see itty bitty Batman and Captain America. Right. And, and then of course you see these two brothers with these massive swords fighting and next to the swords are the specter and the living tribunal who are also trying to stop them. And the two brothers eventually just stop fighting and look at each other go you all right man you cool and they shake hands and i think the quote in the comics is you've done well yes and it's this big moment of dc and marvel both saying hey you know what you you did okay you're right yeah and then marvel almost bankrupted a year later (laughs) so (laughs) no 
It was, uh, yeah, okay, it was about a year later. 97-ish? I think it was yeah. the end of 97? They filed for bankruptcy in, ni- in January of 1997. Right. So, But, I mean, they bounced back, right? <laughs> they did okay. I feel like that might have been DC's like big middle finger, like, fuck right. you. <laughs> <laughs> so, eh, so Marvel bring, bounced back. So bringing that up, do you think this crossover event from DC and Marvel, would you consider it successful? I think success is kind of like, uh, you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, right? Did people enjoy it? I think so. So from that perspective, then yeah. Did it make them a lot of money? Obviously uh, not. Probably not. I don't think I've ever heard it mentioned again after this. In fact, I mean, I'd, I've never seen anything close to this again between those two companies. So, And uh, honestly, now with the amount of movies that both of them are putting out and competing studios and competing everything... They may, st- but they do still share artists and writers. Yeah. For instance, Bendis moving over from Marvel to DC to write Superman. And I don't know how much of that is a matter of like an artist or a writer getting upset with a company and leaving, or if the companies are poaching, or if it's just a contract deal. Like, I don't know yeah. that side of the business, so I, I can't really speak to it. But I mean, that's the whole point of Image Comics was... I have an idea. I want to be able to own the idea and write it the way I want to write it on the schedule that I want. So I like everyone at Image Comics, whenever they write a comic, my understanding is, is that they own that property. It's just under the image title. Whereas if you do it for Marvel or DC, you get benefits and a steady paycheck, right. but you don't get to own your idea. Right. And oftentimes you are writing for a character that has existed before you were born. Exactly. So like, yeah, you're getting to write Batman and that's pretty kick ass. But can you really do what you want with Batman? I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know that they can sit there and go, this is exactly how I want to do it. Whereas they can go to Image and create a character that's yeah. called Man Bat and do, what, do they what they want. Sure. But there's always this collaboration process in the arts. And if you're not collaborating in the arts, you're probably doing it wrong. Uh, that's one of the great things about what Marvel and DC stand for is you get a huge collaboration of many great minds yeah. putting these characters together. Uh, so you may love one thing one guy does at Image, but you don't like anything else he does. Yeah. That sort of thing. But you will always love Batman for being Batman. He won't change much from where he is right now. Absolutely. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. So I think this would be a really fun time. You know, We've been talking about a lot of DC versus Marvel. We've yeah. read a buttload of DC and Marvel. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking maybe we should have two characters from season one that we read fight, and I, I'm just interested who you think would win. I know that this is like a hell nightmare for you, yeah. but I don't know. It would be kind of fun, right? There's just something about the classic nerd sitting there arguing about whether Superman would beat Batman or would Superman defeat Iron Man in a fight, and like, who cares? Well, okay, so let's set up. Let's see. DC versus Marvel. You really liked Iron Man. Yeah. I really like Moon Knight. They're both Marvel, but who do you yeah. think would win? Uh, Iron Man. What? But why? Because he's rich. Okay. I mean, so is Moon Knight, right? Moon Knight's rich that's, too. That's the that's the argument you're supposed to give me here, man. Oh, yeah, but I mean, think about like Moon Knight's got all these different personalities. Jake Lockley comes out, he's gonna kick the shit out of Tony Stark. Eh, yeah, but Tony will immediately change into his uh, uniform because he's got the new nanobots in his bloodstream. Okay, that's fair. So that's when you have to go like, yeah. new Tony Stark or old Tony Stark? Like alcoholic Tony Stark? Who would win? Oh, I mean, he's an alcoholic. He wasn't even allowed into his own Iron Man suit at that point. Yeah, but Jake Lockley's got like all the split personality stuff. So <laughs> you're just shaking I'm your just head like, like I just don't care. I'm sorry, man. No, no, no. I'm trying to think. Okay, so that one's not a great example. 
We'll pit our favorites then. Uh, Green yeah. Lantern versus Tony Stark. All right, fine, fine. I'll argue for Green Lantern. Okay, I would too. So the fight's over, I guess. Well, no, 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 no. As in, no, you have to take Iron Man's side now. Oh, but no, I'm gonna Iron Man sucks. It on you. Oh, you're going to flip it on me. That, okay, this it. is a little bit more interesting. You so, have to defend Iron Man defeating Green Lantern. Which Green Lantern? Hal Jordan, the okay. original from like the first, what was that, 30 years worth of Green Lantern? Sure, sure. Okay, so we've got uh, Hal Jordan versus Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. And I got to defend Tony Stark. Yeah, and we're going to go with uh, with the late version of Tony Stark. All right. So you're actually thinking Tony Stark. Uh, like current Invinci- Tony. Right? Yeah. Because yeah. right now, it's not the Invincible Iron Man. It's now Tony Stark. Sure. I mean, I think a lot of it is just going to be the matter that Tony, Tony would definitely win because he's got the nanites. So mm-hmm. he's got this built-in armor, which Green Lantern's got the ring, right? But the ring's going to run out of juice eventually. That reactor that Tony uses is pretty much, I mean, limitless power. Right? Yeah, you're right. Totally right. So you win. <laughs> <laughs> That's the easiest way to just end this argument. Because Green Lantern sucks. Oh, Green Lantern doesn't no. suck. I could sit here and defend Green Lantern all day. All right. So you got exactly why I made you choose uh, <laughs> Iron Man. Because uh, I don't want to be here all day. Uh, Iron Man. Well, Green Lantern has the ring so he can make whatever he wants happen eventually. Sure. Right? Yeah. So he just has to defeat Iron Man before the power in his ring runs out. Sure. Uh, and the way you defeat Iron Man is you crush him. And you keep crushing him until his battery runs out. Because it was proven in one of the issues that his battery can run low. That's fair. And it was when he was under a car. Because yeah. it uses a lot of the servos and uses a lot of battery power in order to, you know, push away so he doesn't get crushed. So that's what Hal Jordan would create as a giant mountain and land it on Tony Stark. I could see that. I could also see Hal Jordan, like, making a bottle of alcohol. It just, just, just there tempting in front of him. Just tempting him. It wouldn't even time. be a fight. He'd just say, hey, let's go to the bar. And Tony would just be defeated. And Tony would be like, I don't drink anymore, but we can go to the bar. Yeah. I mean, there was that one issue where Tony was just running from barrels of alcohol. I don't know if you remember <laughs> that or not, but like he crash landed in a distillery, I think. <laughs> so, you know. Uh, God. But that is the Amalgam universe. It's just people fighting. It, it was, was a lot of fighting. And it was a lot of argument. And then uh, you got people make, like me, you're like... Ah, but see, there are people like me that love it. I mean, there yeah. was an issue where Wonder Woman is carrying around Thor's hammer, and there's right. a great scene where like she picks it up and hands it to Thor, and he's like, "Wait, what?" Because <laughs> Thor literally says, "Where's my hammer?" And she and Wonder Woman just goes like, "Here it is." Yeah, he's like, "Oh, thank you." Wait a minute. Yeah, it was great, <laughs> and uh, you know that was a fun fight between Wonder Woman and Storm. I mean, she's got the power of Thor on her side, and she goes, "This isn't fair." Oh, so yeah. she puts the hammer That's down cool. and fights Storm on her own. I mean, just cool stuff like that, man. It's just fun, you know. It's just a good time. All right, so now that that's over, you want to talk season two? Let's talk about season two. Yeah, I know and I'm you're actually super duper uber incredibly excited about season two. We are covering graphic novels yes. for season two. Shorter reads, shorter movies. Uh, it's just the episodes are just gonna fly off the shelf for us. Uh, we don't have to read 120 issues. We're basically sort of taking a break for season two, just a little bit. I mean, we've had a lot of lifestyle changes. I had a kid. You had a baby. Yeah, and, and you're learning just how much time that takes. Yeah, I mean, we produce four other podcasts for this network, so it's a lot of time investment in this. And I'm driving back and forth, not Nashville still. Yeah, I mean, I'm dying over here, but. I have already read one of our uh, 
uh, graphic novels. Which one have you read? Super duper excited about it. I Kill Giants. Oh, isn't that a good it's one? Beautiful. It and is. I watched the show with Jilly the okay. other night. Okay. Oh my god. So that's I'm a cool so thing yeah. about season two. We're kind of doing like graphic novels that have got movies now or right. TV shows. Like we wanted to have something that's uh, not necessarily relevant, but I mean relevant. I got to tell you, in doing the research for season two, I was blown away about how many graphic novels have been turned into movies. Me too. And how many of those are hit movies within the last. 20 years. Yeah, I was like, I mean, obviously you've got all the new Marvel movies that are coming out, but I can't believe how many movies I had seen that I didn't realize were graphic novels. Exactly. Uh, the one I'm the most excited for that we're reading is going to be The Crow. I had no idea that was a graphic novel. I did not either, uh, but it is a really cool looking series. Looks like it's a lot of black and white work inside yeah. of the graphic novel, and it's uh, really like adult story. Yeah, absolutely. Which is going to be a lot of fun to read. Well, I think Preacher was a big one that, I, we're not reading Preacher this season, not this season. Uh, but that's one that is really relevant. There's a huge TV show for it. There is, and I've actually read Preacher before. Yeah. It's one of the few graphic novels that I have read. Uh, and it's gritty and it's gross. And yeah. I loved every second of it. I, Garth Ennis is a beautiful writer and I can't remember who his artist was, but it's I, a lot of fun. I've heard the preacher is incredible. Uh, it's not one I've read, so we'll have to get uh, on that one eventually. Well, eventually that'll be about season nine, ten, somewhere <laughs> yeah, in there. something like that. Uh, because it's actually more than just one graphic novel. It's a setup. It's a There's series about six of or eight novels. different volumes. Right. It's kind of like uh, Hellboy. Hellboy's like that. Yeah. You know, they're each graphic novels. They were released in comic book format, but now you're going to get them in like big chunks, basically. Yeah, uh, basically the trades. You're right. So it's great. And that's just two of the six episodes that we have planned for season two. Yeah, I can't wait. And it may only be six episodes, but it's going to go by quick for us so we can jump right into season three, which I'm, I don't, we don't even know exactly what we're doing yet. I'm sure we have an idea, but we're going to still play around with some ideas. Yeah. Maybe uh, see uh, like some dark, so dark horse or yeah. maybe image comics. Mm -hmm. Just dive into some fun characters from yeah. those realms. Yeah. 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 So get excited for season two. It'll be coming out uh, when it's ready. I hate to put a number on it because I don't know. Yeah. Uh, we're finding just how much time it takes, takes to do one episode. I remember when we did season one, we had sat down like early, early in the, or I guess it was at the end of a year and we were like, okay, we'll have all of this done by April. The full season will release. In July. And then it was like July and then it was August. August. Was... Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we can't put a date on it, but it, it'll be there. It will be done eventually. And it will be a lot of fun. And if you have not already joined us on our Discord, uh, you can make suggestions for season three if you like, if you make it there. Or you can find us on Twitter at BackPatioNet. I'm also on Twitter at WestTheGM. I'm on Twitter at TheRealSimso, S-I-M-S-O. And you can always email us, fanmail at BackPatioNetwork.com. And this has been another episode of The Comic Book Cabinet from Back Patio Network. Thanks for joining us. Yep, we hope you enjoyed. Have a good one, guys. Good night. Comic Book Cabinet is brought to you by Back Patio Network. If you'd like to check out some other podcasts and even Twitch streams, go to backpationetwork.com. If you'd like to support the network, please check out patreon.com slash backpationetwork.